Hello, and welcome back to the Story Savant Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about my historical romance trilogy, Kremlins. One thing that my current readers have asked me to talk about on this podcast is about how I came up with my story ideas and what my relationship is to the characters and to the story. So I'm going to do that with four Kremlins today because this month's genre theme is romance. I only have two romances, which I talked about before, and today I'll tell you all about my Russian historical romance trilogy. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Story Savant Podcast, where we geek out about stories and pull insights from them that will make us better human beings, all while going about our day, raising the kids, paying the bills, and striving to be compassionate, empathetic players in our own lives. You feel me? Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, author, entrepreneur, and story lover. I believe consuming stories in any form encourages Christian values, increases spirituality, and helps us develop a more transcendent and godlike understanding of the world around us, the universe at large, and God's plan for us in it. Come join me. Let's talk stories. So when I tell most people that I have a historical romance trilogy set in Russia in the Middle Ages, they're always really impressed and wonder how I came up with that. As I told you in episode one, when I was talking about my story, I reached a point during college when I switched my major from science to English. When I did that, I also needed a new minor. So I decided to use history as my minor because I'd always been a history buff. So in my particular school at Weber State University, the history minor was pretty simple. There was a couple of history 101 classes that were required. And beyond that, I just had to pick six or seven classes that were in the history field. So basically, I could study whatever I wanted as long as I did enough history credits to make up the minor. So I went through a long list of history classes, and one in particular jumped out at me. It was Russian history. I realized I knew absolutely nothing about Russian history, and I thought that might be kind of interesting. So I took the Russian history class. It really helped that I had an amazing professor. She was a Russian history expert. She'd been to Russia something like 30 times in her lifetime and had been teaching it for years. So she was really good at it. She lectured and she obviously had a passion for the material, which made all of us learning in her class have a passion for the material. I absolutely loved it. I especially loved the part where we covered Ivan the Terrible. I had heard of Ivan the Terrible, but I didn't know anything about him at the time. And one of the reasons he's so interesting is because we actually do know a lot about him and about his childhood. You all know I'm into story psychology and into psychology in general. Ivan is a really interesting study. He's a little bit like Vlad the Impaler in that he was kind of a dictator in the Middle Ages and he often came up with new and more disgusting ways to kill people. So some of the history around him can be kind of difficult to stomach. But I think when we hear stories like that, we always sit back and ask, how did this person become that way? We're, we're all interested in what caused it and what created that kind of psychology or that kind of person. Ivan was definitely someone who wasn't loved when he was a child. He had a mother, but she was the regent for the country and was involved in politics and always off doing her own things. He was not really raised by his mother, and she did not go out of her way to protect him or make sure that he was safe or felt loved. He did have different nurses who took care of him, and he was attached to several of them in a very mother-son sort of way. But unfortunately, every time the power dynamic at court changed, often who took care of him changed. So he had these mother figures ripped away from him more than once as a child, and he had severe issues because of that. But more than that, Ivan literally spent his childhood hiding from assassins in closets. Really, he and his brother were just kind of kicked under the rug, and it was amazing they survived into adulthood because they were constantly having people come after them to try and kill them because Ivan was heir to the throne. I'm not exaggerating. He literally spent his childhood hiding from assassins in closets. That kind of fear and terror takes its toll on a child, and obviously it manifested in his later life. So his history is very, very interesting, and I do go through some of that in the books. In terms of how I came up with the story, 
back to the Russian history class. I took this class when computers were definitely a thing. It was about um, a little more than 10 years ago now, but they were still kind of on the rise. So not so nobody really had tablets in the classroom and very few people had laptops back then. I was still taking notes in a notebook, but it was so interesting, everything that I was learning about Russian history that I remember taking notes as fast as I could by hand. And then like a story idea would pop into my head. So I would flip to the back of my notebook and quickly jot down the story idea. And then I would have to flip back to the front and catch up on the notes that I had just missed. And every single class, my hand was cramping really bad by the end because I was trying to take so many notes, but it was really just all that fascinating. Um, I came up with sort of the bare bones of a story. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I knew I wanted it to be transgenerational, which means it was going to start with something that happened with the parents, and then the main characters in the stories would be the children, and it would be them trying to figure out what happened to their parents 20 years ago. I'm a really big fan of that kind of story. Anyone who's read my work knows that I am. So I kind of had the bare bones of the story, and I kept trying to set it in different eras of Russia. I think at the time we were we had moved forward past the Middle Ages. After Ivan, we go into something that's called the Time of Troubles, because there wasn't a clear ruler for a long time. And then you get into kind of more the Renaissance, where you had what they called enlightened despos, which just means they were still monarchists like Catherine the Great, but they were genuinely good to their people, gave their people rights, often gave their people a form of constitution, even though they retained their monarchy's powers. And then, of course, the czars were completely wiped out right about the time World War One happened with Nicholas II, who was the famous Anastasia's father. So anyway, after that, we, st we kind of go into the communist era and Stalin. And I remember that's what we were learning about. And I kept trying to set my story in communist era Russia, and it just wasn't working. Every time I would try to set it down, I would kind of hit a wall, something that wouldn't work in the story. And so I'd kind of try to rewire the story a little and go, okay, how about if I do this? How about if I do that? But there was always something that didn't fit. Usually it was some sort of political thing. And I went, Oh, okay, but the politics of the time, that wouldn't make sense in the story, so I'll have to change that. So I would try to change it, and then I would hit another wall somewhere, and it just really wasn't working for me. And then all of a sudden, I have no idea what brought it on, but I kind of had a light bulb moment and thought, you know, maybe I need to pick this whole story up and set it in the Middle Ages rather than in the communist era. Because for me, even when I'm learning Western European history, I would never want to live in the Middle Ages. <laughs> Not at all, but that is my favorite era to learn about. And the Middle Ages for Russia is most definitely Ivan. So I literally just, in my mind, picked my entire story up and moved it back to the Middle Ages and plopped it down and everything just clicked perfectly into place and I knew I had my story and I knew I had my era. The rest, as they might say, is history, <laughs> pun intended, and and it took me a while to write it. Originally, I wrote it as one book, but it was way too long. It was like 250,000 words, which for readers, I know that doesn't mean that much to you, but it's, it's basically the size of three historical fiction or historical romance books. And it wasn't very well written at the end because I was just trying to bring it to a close. And so I was really kind of writing sloppily and glazing over things that should have been fleshed out. And understand, this was one of the very first things I ever wrote. In fact, I think it was the first full-length novel that I wrote from start to end. Um, once I started shopping it around, I actually was able to get some advice from Dan Brown, who's a very famous author, and he told me to consider breaking it into installments, like breaking it into a trilogy or a series, because especially being a first-time writer, it's going to be really hard um, to get someone to take a chance on that thick of a novel. So that's what I did. I published what ended up being about the first half of my manuscript as book one, and there was kind of a long publication story, which I won't go into today. I, it was picked up by a small press for a while, but then they ended up going out of business, and so I was able to get the rights back, and I 
right now, just self-published. I'm a fully indie author right now. But yeah, that's kind of the history of how I came up with my Kremlins trilogy. To give you an idea what the story is about, the main character is a Russian maid who actually works in the Kremlin. So she has a front row seat to Ivan's life and everything that happens with him. And she's a little older than him, a few years, but still roughly his age. When she's a child, there is another young boy there whose father is Russian, but his mother is English. And his mother dies very mysteriously. They call it an accident, but it's pretty clear that something fishy was going on. And he ends up leaving Russia with his father and doesn't return until years later when they're both adults. He's come to find out what really happened to his mother back then. And of course, romance ensues. And this is all set against the backdrop of Ivan and his brutality. So this is a saga that spans many years of Russian history for most of Ivan's life, actually. But it is first and foremost a romance between the two main characters, Inga and Taras. I suppose the next question to address is why I wanted to write the story and what is the point in terms of using this kind of story to better ourselves? Well, I fell in love with Russian history and anytime you have a passion about something, you tend to want to tell a story about it if you're a writer. So that was part of it. I just wanted to bring this story to life and show people who don't know much about Russian history what a difficult time it would have been to live in, especially for someone like Inga, who was a maid who didn't have a whole lot of choices in life. Inga was kind of a hard sell to traditional publishers anyway, because she's not a particularly strong character. I might talk about this more in the next episode, but there's a stigma in writing that the female character needs to be very strong. And I don't disagree with that. I think that's absolutely true. But people have misconceptions about what it means when we say we need a strong character. What it really means is that her personality, whatever that is, needs to jump off the page. It needs to be very clear. But she could be a very shy character, someone who's not strong and outgoing in the you know traditional way we think of someone who has a strong personality. And that's okay, so long as whatever her personality is jumps off the page. But the way that I describe her in the book is that she specifically is not very strong. She specifically is not very open-minded. And the story is an evolution of her from being that way, be being very frightened and very timid to becoming a very strong woman. But as the story starts out, she's not a very strong woman. That is her arc. That is her dynamic change throughout the story. So she can be kind of a hard sell. And the reason I mention all that is that I wanted to show how Inga's trials and the things she went through made her stronger, but also that it took years and years for it to happen. It wasn't something that happened overnight or even over weeks or months. I specifically wanted this to be a long saga that spanned a great part of her life to show that change is difficult and it can take years, but even someone like her can change and find happiness in the end. That was kind of my overarching theme for the story. But it's set in Russia with lots of interesting Russian tidbits and history and their whole culture and, of course, Ivan as the villain. I wanted to show that human beings, even those who are very close-minded and set in their ways, and even those who have negative ideas and beliefs ingrained into them since birth, can still change. They can still be affected positively by others and find happiness in their lives. As to my relationship with the characters, I don't know that I have a whole lot more to say besides that. I'm someone who's been very shy and timid in my life, so I guess you could say I have a soft spot for Inga and understood very well what she's going through. Terrace is kind of your typical English gentleman. He comes from a very healthy background, a very loving family, and he's definitely got his head screwed on straight. So with him, he came into the situation where the morals and values in the Russian court didn't necessarily match up with his morals and values. But because he wanted to solve the mystery of his mother's murder, he was sometimes willing to let things slide and 
compromise with those values just a little bit. And he kind of justifies it throughout the story because he feels like it's what he has to do in order to, to attain his goals, which is to solve his mother's death. But as time goes on, it becomes easier and easier to justify things. And he finds himself sliding into a really unhealthy place. And it gets to the point where he has to make a decision about what he's ultimately going to do, even if it means he might not achieve his goals. And so that was another theme for me in the story, the things we're willing to justify, even if it's for all the right reasons, and the way it can affect us and the way it can change us. So I hope that those who have been wondering how I came up with the idea for Kremlins, I hope this helps you and that you've enjoyed the story. And if it sounds like something you're interested in, it's available on Amazon and in KU. For me, historical romance is all about bringing history to light and educating people about other eras and other times and showing them how much more difficult a lot of these people's lives are than ours are. I think that can give us appreciation for our own lives. It can humble us and help us to be better people. It's also interesting to me that even though another era can be literally thousands of years in our past, a culture that is so vastly different than ours, and yet they still dealt with basically the same problems we do. They still dealt with death and loss and loneliness and human frailty, and they had their own trials, which might have been different from ours, but they were still difficult and they were still stressful. And I believe we can learn lessons from any era in human history if we just look for ways to apply it to our own lives, which of course will help make us better human beings and be able to go through our own lives and face our own trials with more grace, which is kind of the point of stories anyway. So I hope you found value in today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support the show as a patron, hop over to www.patreon.com forward slash story savant. If you're big on Facebook, join our Facebook community at bit.ly forward slash story savant Facebook. To get a free PDF of my nine essential plot points for a page turning story, sign up at bit.ly forward slash story savant courses. All these links are in the show notes. Did you know you can work with me? I do story consulting on an hourly basis, so if you want help developing your story to make sure it will be a winner, go to my website at www.authorlkhill.com forward slash work with me to learn more. See you there. Thanks for joining me today. You can find all my fiction on my website at authorlkhill.com forward slash books. If you found value in anything you heard today, do me a favor and go leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best and easiest way that you can thank me and help others to find and be inspired by the same concepts. Together, we can lift each other through our stories to new heights of understanding and compassion for our fellow man and gain an eternal godlike perspective on our own spirituality. So go consume some stories today. I give you permission.